Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk, content manager with DraftKings Nation, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, guys? Speaking of Matthew Barry, I mean, big news on the horizon this week. He's leaving ESPN. Do you have any uh, secret little knowledge in the background here about him? I've got so many juicy tidbits about Matthew's next steps. No, I don't know anything. I I wouldn't know anything about it, but it is definitely the end of an era. I mean, he's not to, uh, you know, toot my boss's horn too much or anything, but he's, he's pretty much the reason a lot of folks got into fantasy football, whether in the industry or just play it for fun. So it's pretty crazy to see that uh, ending. Yeah, it is. Now I know my father, isn't the biggest Matthew Berry fan. I feel okay to say that because I don't, Matthew Berry doesn't listen to our podcast, so I'm not hurting his feelings. You don't know that. <laughs> but I'm going to send it, him this clip and just so Papa Juke can feel fan. the wrath. You know, he's our number one fan, so he can't have more than, you know, more than one <laughs> or two or three, I guess that's three fantasy analysts that he likes. I keep trying to get my dad in the fantasy footballers and he's, he's not doing it. So he's just very loyal and that's how all of our listeners should be. So if you're listening right now, shame on you for not being more loyal to us. But has he left a five-star review on the podcast yet? Probably not because he doesn't know how to use his phone. But well. speaking of five-star reviews, help us out. If you know how to use your phone, prove it, right? Prove it and Challenge. go hit that five-star review. Challenge. Leave that review and we'll read it on the pod. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about best values. So we're getting close to draft season now. This actual season's only two months away. So in the next month, month and a half, you're going to start your, your redraft drafts. And there's still a lot of guys who are sitting there with amazing values that I really hope that ADP sticks come late October, but, or late August, but we're going to, we're going to talk about those guys, their favorite values in the draft. Before that, let's get to talk of the town. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. All right. This week we're cheating a little bit, right? But the talk of the town, I mean, this really is, if you're on the Twitter sphere, it is the Scott Fishbowl Tournament. Now, if you never heard of it, Jake, do you want to you help our listeners out? Yeah, so Scott Fishbowl is named pretty accurately after Scott Fish, who puts this thing together every year. We are in Scott Fishbowl 12, and it's essentially a pro-am tournament for charity. 
every year the number of participants grows like madness. We're up above two thousand people now. I don't know the exact count, but it's a mix I of think analysts. Three, right? Three thousand. That's an insane number. Now, obviously, not everybody's playing in the same division here. It's split up into different divisions, so everybody can, you know, still play with just eleven other folks. But mix of analysts, fans, celebrities get in there. Uh, and what's always interesting about Scott Fishbowl is that the the settings, the format, is different every year. This year, it's an insane penalty for any inaccurate quarterback. So every incompletion. Uh, is really a gut punch. So it's unlike any other league you've ever been in. It is, which makes my quarterbacks very scary. And one thing I just want to say really quick, when you are, so you are only playing against the 11 other people during the regular season. But then at the end of the season, there is, you 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 know, there's like different stages that you go through, like a tournament, and you have to beat everybody. There's only one winner at the end of 3,000 people. So when you're in your drafts, you have to get risky. You're not going to get risky for the bisky. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> not with Trubisky. Actually, shoot, I took him. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I did ah. take Trubisky. All right. <laughs> so, so that did not rhyme. Let's talk about our team. So, Michelle, okay. what division are you in? Uh, I'm in the Houston division. So you chose a location, and he preferred if you chose a location that you live near. Uh, so I'm the Houston division, and – it's been flying so far, guys. I'm in the 17th round. I know some some divisions are only in like six. I'm very sorry for you. Uh, but this is my core group. We'll each go through that real quick. Um, my core group is Kyler Murray and Zach Wilson is my quarterbacks. So when we're talking about penalization for inaccurate <laughs> quarterbacks, I could be screwed with Zach Wilson. My running backs, my starting running backs will be Antonio Gibson and Travis Etienne. Again, injury risk. And a little worrisome. Uh, my wide receivers are Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, Elijah Moore, and Robert Woods. Those are my top core guys. And then my top tight end will be Darren Waller. So a little risky, but a ton of upside. What do you guys think? I have to like at least a good portion of it because I share some of those same players. There's some overlap here. So I like the approach outside of Zach Wilson, although if Zach Wilson has a massive increase, I mean, we haven't even talked about all of the mom stuff that's going on with Zach Wilson, uh, which could lead <laughs> to a big year. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but outside of that, yeah, you do have to get a little bit unique with your builds. And I don't hate that build. Jake, who do we share in common? Talk about your uh, your starters here. Well, I do share a starting quarterback in Kyler Murray. I paired him with Aaron Rodgers. So I came out of the gates just, I want to lock up my quarterbacks because, again, the the incompletions can kill you. So Aaron Rodgers, I figure, even without Devontae, he's, he's nothing if not accurate. And then I leaned hard into my running backs. And I did kind of an interesting pairing I did what's called a super stack. I never do anything like this, and it's a weird one, but I went Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Robert Tunyon. Uh, I expect Aaron Jones to catch a lot of passes from Aaron Rodgers. Are you like so a, what are you, a Packers fan? or Something like that. Bit. It, did feel, it did feel really homery to do that, but I liked the value. And then I got Alvin Kamara, who's definitely risky. We don't know for sure if he's going to be playing the full season. Travis Etienne, so I do overlap there. My wide receivers, I, I pushed them as far down as I could before I felt too uncomfortable. But I liked my my main guys. I got Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, 
Russell Gage. I don't like Jerry Judy, and I felt pressured into the pick. It's my biggest regret. I took him in round eight, and I don't love it, but hopefully he pans out. You want to talk about our power stack. So I talked about how I took Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore for my stack. I also have Garrett Wilson. So I am just, you know, if the Jets offense goes off, I'm going to win this tournament. But most likely I'm going to win like two games. <laughs> That's really the most likely outcome. Kate, talk about your team. Yeah, I I have sort of an interesting team. I feel like I'm I keep sort of drafting for value. And I feel like that's sort of the theme of my draft. And I feel like it's also the theme of the podcast. So kind of works. Um, at quarterback, I went Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, who like Kirk Cousins is just like the perfect quarterback for this format. Just yep. like accurate, completes a lot of balls, like bueno, love it. Running backs, I got a little bit more risky. I went with Saquon Barkley. I have Aaron Jones. We have him in common, Jake. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Melvin Gordon. Then down on wide receivers, I've got the uh, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins stack. I've got Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf. And I took DeAndre Hopkins in the ninth round, which... So the Kyler Murray manager did not like you because I was very annoyed not to get Hopkins late in my draft. And I mean, it's a risky move because you know, he's going to sit on your bench for six weeks. He's got a week 13 by. Um, so that's like kind of right when you really need him. Like, but, but I do think if he comes back and he performs as a wide receiver one in a tournament where there's not a lot of waiver wire, like it, there is, but also, it could be kind of scarce out there. So Kate went the bold move of punting tight end in a tight end premium league. I walked away with Robert Tunyon. Yeah. I'm hey. also all in on the Packers this year. I do what are you a Packer fan? Share. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I now I I might I am because I'm very invested in the Packers for my Scott Fishbowl success. So uh, Robert Tunyon, the more I like sit on it, the more I'm like, ooh, he's. Very appealing. We talk about it every time we talk about sleeper tight ends. It's always the guys who have, you know, some some opportunity there because of a lack of like a, a wide receiver core. Robert Tunyon, kind of the perfect, perfect sleeper in his bounce back from the ACL. I, love your, I do love your Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins stack. I've talked about Thielen on the show before. I wasn't a believer last year. I'm a definite believer this year. And the value on him, I mean, I'm assuming he was probably six, seven, eight rounds in potentially. Uh, and you got to love that value. I am when we're all done with our drafts. I'm going to post it on Twitter with all of our screen grabs and we'll have people vote to see who did the best who's their favorite roster. And then we'll, we'll let you know who won next week, but I, I have a feeling Kate's is not going to win. Um, I think I'm going to win easily. It might be, uh, people aren't going to like my Zach Wilson. That's for sure. I think Jake already has the win, but be nice. I um, have, I have Carson Wentz as my QB three, which I think is like really solid uh, and disgusting, but also solid. <laughs> I took Jared Goff as my QB three just for UK, just so oh, somebody can have some faith in him. You. <laughs> I took Mitch Trubisky as my quarterback three. So here's to him keeping the job all year long and not sucking. Please, Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> Just it's please. a big task. It's a tall task, but uh, I don't know. I could see it panning out that way. 
All right, let's get into our segment. None, you know, Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz are not going to be a part of this discussion. That is for sure. But there are a lot of great values heading into your redraft drafts um, this season. So, Jake, let's start with you. Who's your best value? Who's your number one guy that you think, damn, why are you going so low? Well, look, now I do just feel like the ultimate homer. I should have realized after going through the Scott Fish thing and then leading into this that this is how it would sound, but so be it. It's the one guy I actually did not draft as part of Scott Fish because of the way that I started the draft. I didn't find it prudent to add A.J. Dillon into the mix because that would be overload. However, in your redraft leagues, he's currently going as RB25 in, in PPR, in full PPR. What's really interesting about A.J. Dillon is the guys that he's going around and after. He's going several spots after somebody like J.K. Dobbins, who is still a pretty risky guy in terms of the injury that he's coming back from. But Dillon in 2021 had over 1,100 scrimmage yards. I say only seven touchdowns. And you'll see why later because... You know, Devontae Adams, obviously, he's gone, and that's the big news. So what does the roster actually look like? It's bad. I mean, it just looks bad outside of, again, the backfield, and I include Aaron Jones, and he is somewhat of a value himself there going at RB12, I believe, right now, and Robert Tunyon. And I don't have any faith in the receiving core, the wide receiving core. I truly don't. So I think that they will lean tremendously on this backfield. And Dylan has an okay baseline for targets but he should really excel just in pure rushing attempts and touchdown opportunities so in the seven games over the last three years that Devonte adams did not play they averaged 27 and a half rushing attempts as a team in that backfield now both dylan and jones only averaged 11 rush attempts last year i think that a that goes up pretty tremendously overall and b dylan is going to be the main beneficiary there Aaron Jones, we saw, started to break down a little bit last year after too much wear and tear. That's why I think he becomes more of just the pass catcher guy. And A.J. Dillon is going to be the bruiser. So I also love the touchdown upside here because Devontae Adams ranked second among all pass catchers for targets inside the 10-yard line last year. And yeah, I expect some of that to go to Robert Tunyon. We've talked about that before. But the bulk of it, I really do think, falls onto these running backs. A.J. Dillon is going to get a lot more opportunities there at the goal line. Uh, Aaron Jones could catch some more passes there, hypothetically. But I just think that it's fine. It's fine if you want to push your running backs down the road a little bit when you're in redraft and you don't want to take one in the first couple of rounds. And if you got somebody like A.J. Dillon as your RB2, you should be thrilled because I really do think that this is, you know, a almost guaranteed 1300 scrimmage yard season with double digit touchdowns. So I'm with you there. I actually have them for exactly 1300 scrimmage yards. I have them for nine rushing touchdowns, which maybe I, I need to put up. I put Aaron Jones down to five, gave him more receiving work. Like I think they're going to use him more of the receiver and AJ Dillon is the rusher. Um, but so I do have him as a mid RB two, which is very good. And for that ADP, really nice. What do you think his ceiling is though? If Aaron Jones stays healthy the whole year, do you think he has top 10 running back 
potential? I don't. Sadly, I don't think that, or if he does, it's going to be fringe. Like there's no chance of him being a top five guy. I've, I've seen people flirt with that idea. If he's Derrick Henry this year, I don't believe that. <laughs> But I do believe that. Well, he needs 400 touches to be Derrick Henry. I don't think he's going to get that. He's not getting that. He only got 187 rush attempts last year. But that, I do think that that's the number to focus on. And I could see close to 240. Like, I really do think that that's well within the range of possibilities. So I think getting close to top 10, sure. But is he going to go further than that? I don't think so. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. My first guy, I just really got into him for this year, but I think I'm going to start taking him in all my drafts. I took him in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, Robert Woods, he's the wide receiver 39. Uh, he's now with the Titans in case um, you weren't caught up with your news from this year. He signed with the Titans. Actually, no, he got traded to the Titans uh, from the Rams. Yes, he tore his a- ACL in week nine. It could be a struggle, but right now he's looking fully healthy. I mean, he was already doing drills and OTAs and now in training or now in a mini camp recently, it didn't look like he was like held back at all. He was just doing his thing. He looks great, which we say we worry about guys in their first year back with an ACL when, you know, they're on schedule to start on time. We're like, they're barely there to start week one and they needed all of training camp to just like be ready. It's like Robert Woods is already ready. And now he gets all of training camp to practice and get his knee ready and to go get his knee ready slowly and to be confident on his knee. Cause that's the biggest thing, right? Well, there's a lot of things, but a lot of the players say to feel confidence cutting because you might, I mean, psychologically, you might be a little freaked out. Like, well, the last time I was in a game and I cut, I ruined my knee. So you have to have confidence and that knee and trust it. Now he has the entire off season to do that which I love that for him. And if you're not worried about injury, then I don't, his ADP makes zero sense because he was a wide receiver, 16 fantasy points per game in 2021 wide receiver, 14 overall in 2020 wide receiver, 14 overall in 2019 wide receiver, 11 overall in 2018. He averages 15.7 fantasy points per game in PPR scoring since 2018. That's 11th among wide receivers who played 40 plus games during that span. There's just no reason for him to not be going top 25, let alone falling all the way to wide receiver 39. He's on an offense now that has no wide receiver one. Like he doesn't have to split a gazillion targets. Don't have to go to Cooper cup anymore, especially from last year. He can be the wide receiver one of this team. We've seen wide receivers have, success especially aj brown is he to his talent no but i i think he will be the leading receiver in this offense and insane how late he's going yeah and nobody i was about to say that you know people must be investing a little bit too much into the rookie into Traylon burks there but they're not because it's not, not like his adp is off the charts either people are just out on the entire offense it feels like outside of derrick henry and it's kind of nuts Kate, your thoughts on Robert Woods? Uh, I like him and I like him for all the reasons that you mentioned. But Michelle, your guy kind of translates into my guy. And all of the reasons that you mentioned, some of them mostly, are also reasons that I like another Titans pass catcher. So should I talk about my guy? Because it's all about me. Titans pass catcher? 
Yeah. It's not going to be, well, it can't be Traylon Burks, right? It's not Traylon Burks. <laughs> ew. <laughs> ew. I, who would draft an asthmatic? <laughs> I'm an asthmatic, so and I would not draft me. Um, no, my guy is Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. Like, guys, come on. I got... Yeah, I mean, we're going to need a lot more than that because I'm not coming on to anything right End now. argument. End argument. Guys, come on. We're done. Michelle, <laughs> like, do not be tainted by his two seasons with the Cleveland Browns. Nobody had success as a pass catcher with the Cleveland Browns. And uh, now I know you're all in on DJ Moore because the, the pass thrower for the Browns is now with the Panthers. But, like, hear me out. Maybe this just wasn't a good offense for um, especially a pass catching tight end. But, I mean, they had a run heavy scheme. Like that's not an offense necessarily where you need to get the tight ends involved. They had Odell Beckham jr. They had uh, some depth at tight end. Like he was competing for targets with David and Joku who they obviously liked not enough to, I guess like get involved in anything, but enough to pay a lot of money to now looking back at what Austin Hooper did, I'm just kind of writing off the last two seasons. Cause I don't think it was, cause that's what we do. I don't think it was indicative necessarily of Austin Hooper and his skill set. I think it was just kind of like a product of the offense. Like it, it just, it, why do free agents sign in Cleveland? I just need to know when's the last time someone got traded there or signed there and had a better career. Austin Hooper had a, a, decent amount of money i think on well, that deal well yeah money i'm not talking about money i'm talking about their career just burns sorry well, no God. i think he's i think it's all about the money for that man <laughs> but uh, prior to that michelle in 2019 in his final season with the atlanta falcons he was absolutely dominant uh in back-to-back seasons 2018 and 2019 was the tight end six tight end six in back-to-back seasons had uh, 11 of his 13 games played as a tight end two or better uh, on a week-to-week basis. Nine out of his 13 games, he finished as a tight end one. When he sees a uh, a decent target share um, in any games where you've seen at least five targets, he's averaged almost 14 fantasy points per game. And I do think even the fact that this is like the Derrick Henry show and it, you know, it's not necessarily in the Robert a, Woods show, a pass focus offense. It is to Robert Woods. There's going to be plenty of room for Austin Hooper to succeed. We know his strength isn't as a blocker necessarily. Like you brought him in as a receiving weapon and my God, the juiciness of all the details coming out of like mini camps, like every, it's all good uh, about Austin Hooper and his rapport with Ryan Tannehill. We're hearing nothing but great things. I do think that he's going to be a very reliable weapon and we've already seen it. That's the best part. He's being drafted as tight end 27 right now. That is well, that's too low for a guy that had back to back seasons as a tight end six. And now he's, probably going to get a, a decent target share. Maybe he doesn't see, um, you know, as many targets as he saw it with the Atlanta Falcons, but you know, what's not cool is he's going after Hayden Hurst, who, by the way, Hayden Hurst played in the Austin Hooper role in 
Atlanta. We were all excited about Hayden Hurst going to Atlanta because it was like, oh my God, Austin Hooper just did so great there. And you know who sucked was Hayden Hurst. Uh, so you just, know who else? Just because he's ahead? going to Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, it's like they have a million wide receivers there. They don't need Hayden Hurst. Do not draft Hayden Hurst over Austin Hooper. Don't Cameron dra- Brait above. Austin I get Hooper? the idea. No, of you that, don't. Because but... we've seen Cameron Brait. Tyler Higby. You already know what he is. Just stop drafting Tyler it's Higby. Bad. Yeah, it's bad. I'm right, so glad I'm you just mentioned saying, The upside yeah. is there. The risk is not there. Like. Why aren't we drafting Austin Hooper, especially considering all the good things? But yeah, if you punt on tight end and you need a guy, you can grab him literally in your last round. So I don't hate that. All right, Jake, who's your second player? Well, this one's a little, uh, I don't know. It's its hard for me here because I've been one of the biggest Debo Samuel guys out there, as you well know. Uh, but I do think it's weird that his counterpart, Brandon Ayuk, is being dropped so far down the list. So Brandon Ayuk going as wide receiver 41 currently in full PPR. And like, I get it as a Debo guy. I get it. You want Debo Samuel. However, the value difference between the two in drafts, it's a little bit insane. We obviously should have a full quarterback switch from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance. I say should because for some reason, Jimmy G is still on the team. But assuming that Trey Lance starts, it's weird. Ayuk was in the doghouse to start the year last year. And for the first six games, he just didn't see the field very much. He got over 75% of snaps just one time during that stretch. But from week on, so this is post-doghouse, he was on pace for 105 targets, 1,130 yards. He was the wide receiver, 24 in points per game. And now he's dropped, uh, for me, too far. If you want a taste of the San Francisco pass-catching life, it seems to me that it's it's most reasonable to wait and maybe take a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who we saw can do great things. His rookie season, we saw him kind of crush it. Now, yeah, it was due to injuries to the other guys, but a lot of guys get that opportunity and don't do what he did. So the talent is there. We've seen, if you've been paying attention to the Twitters, already Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk, building their off-season relationship. They're spending a bunch of time hanging out. They're training together constantly. Doing bro stuff. Do bro stuff, you know? But what if Trey Lance just has the connection with Brandon Ayuk? What if this is the Cooper Cup, Robert Woods situation from last year and we're overvaluing potentially the wrong guy. I'm not saying Debo can't be amazing because he very well could, but I'm saying at this value, IU could also do amazing things. So I love Brandon Ayuk and I absolutely love the talent. And I was a hundred percent on the Brandon Ayuk over Debo Samuel train last year, but now I'm doing a complete 180. I, I think Kyle Shanahan loves Debo Samuel and loves everything he can do with him. And I don't think this is an offense where the quarterback gets to decide who he loves, especially a first year player. Like I think it's going to be who does Shanahan want to utilize in his offense. And he's told us now many years he wants it to be Debo Samuel. And then Debo stayed healthy and took off last year. I do think the one way for Brandon Ayuk to be a good draft pick is only if Debo Samuel were to get injured because also don't you think they're going to run so much with Trey Lance 
It's going to be such a run-heavy offense. I think they could run a lot with Trey Lance and still have similar overall passing attempts because they did not pass a ton with Jimmy Garoppolo last year. So if they're just a more efficient, better offense that runs more plays, I could see the thing where Trey Lance gets plenty of rushing opportunities, but he's still going to throw. And I think, I mean, arm fatigue be damned if you've seen that narrative out there where, oh, his arm's too tired all the time. If you don't account for stupid stuff like that, Trey Lance can genuinely be a much better passer than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we saw that in college. So I don't know. I I get what you're saying with Debo, but also Debo's been, I don't want to say a diva, but he's definitely been kind of on the the skirts here this offseason about his usage and and how he wants to be considered and whether Shanahan feeds into that or he ends up in a doghouse situation. I know Shanahan does love his doghouse. And maybe since he knows he's not going to have Devo much longer or they can't pay him so much, maybe they try to get Brandon Ayuk more involved. I think Ayuk is a special talent. You could truly do. I think he, if he was on, I, like if if you switch his role with like you put him on the Bengals with, where T Higgins is at, like I think he would be everyone's favorite and he'd be utilized like crazy. He wouldn't be Jamar Chase level, just like T Higgins isn't, but he'd be right there where he's a top twelve type of guy. Um, but he's just stuck in an offense right now. And with a stupid coach that likes to put people in the doghouse, if they don't practice hard enough. We've done a full flop from last year. We are now completely on opposite sides of this. So yeah, guys, I'll, if I'll you remember, we had, out. if you remember, we had a whole episode. last. Oh, season. I mocked Jake so hard for <laughs> loving Devo Samuel or for Trey. He didn't even love him, but you liked him and you just, you traded for him. Like nothing. I basically gave him to you for free and I mocked <laughs> you endlessly, endlessly about this trade. Um, and I'm stupid. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And that's why you're on the other side now. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe I'm just nervous now. No, I have Brandon Ayuk ranked ahead of his ADP, but only by like a few spots. So it's not like I think his ADP is fair. But I, I could see what you're saying. All right. I think there's upside though. There definitely mm-hmm. is if Devo gets hurt in my head. But if he's healthy, I don't know. But whatever. It doesn't matter. My guy, Travis Etienne. And I am like starting to get super high on him because it's just at his cost as well. If he was going in the second round, I would probably be out, but he's going as the RB 22 RB 22. And people might be, I don't know why you could have him this low. I mean, he was a first round running back. He had a Liz Frank injury that he suffered last summer. So he had the entire year to get better and to get healthy. And he looks completely healthy right now. And he's saying he is, although many players say that. Now, I know this going into that first year after a Liz Frank injury, it can be a little risky, but he's going after Cam Akers is RB16. He's going six spots after Cam Akers. You can't be saying, oh, I'm a little worried about, <laughs> about ETN's Liz Frank injury and not be worried about Cam Akers' Achilles injury. like Or James Conner going at RB15, yeah. who's just a shell of a human. Back to back, it's Saquon Barkley, James Conner, RB14 and 15. The two that can never stay on the field to save their lives. He's go- J.K. Dobbins is going one, one running back spot ahead of Travis ETN. So it's not like... I, I mean, if you're worried about ETN's injury, you should definitely be worried about all of those other We're guys. We're calling you bluff. Yeah. And the reason I love ETN, A, he was a great prospect. That's why he went 
in the first round when most running backs do not do that any anymore. And last year, James Robinson put up over 900 scrimmage yards and eight touchdowns in the worst offense of all time. Like it could not have gotten worse with Urban Meyer. And now you have James Robinson. He tore his Achilles and there has been positive reports, but I don't expect him back anytime soon. And when he does come back, who knows what he's going to look like. And Etienne in college, everyone knows he was absolutely amazing. If you don't, he was amazing. He played with Trevor Lawrence, who's now the same quarterback. But he put up a 2,000 scrimmage yard season and 23 scrimmage touchdowns. Uh, and there's only been two other guys to have that type of season, 2,000-plus scrimmage yards and 20-plus scrimmage touchdowns in a collegiate season since 2015 with at least 400 of those yards coming as a receiver. And those were D uh, CMC and Dalvin Cook. That's it. So it's Travis Etienne, Dalvin Cook, and CMC to do it in college. Since 2015, we've seen that work out in the NFL, right? Especially for fantasy football. They are used as receivers. They're electric on the ground. And they score a lot of fantasy points. Now, we've also seen they're a little injury risky, right? So maybe we get that same type of career with ETN. But ETN has true top three RB ability in fantasy football, especially in PPR leagues, where he could be the leading receiver for the Jaguars this year. I don't like Christian Kirk is not a true wide receiver one. And hear me out, Jake. What I need to know, I need someone to answer this for me. What is the difference between DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne? Because DeAndre Swift is going as RB8. He hasn't stayed healthy at all his first two seasons. He's in an, a rough offense that has potential, but still, last year was rough. He's a pass catcher. Like, explain the difference. There's one positive difference and one negative difference. The positive, quote unquote, is that people got to see DeAndre Swift play in the NFL and they haven't seen Travis Etienne. So perception wise, that's a positive. The negative is that the number two behind Swift is actually healthy and is a decent football player. James Robinson, we don't know is healthy. So that should be a favor, a point towards Etienne. And I think Travis Etienne is a better rusher, like mm. all around mm. actual on the ground. Because DeAndre Swift, I never even thought he was a good rusher coming out of school. Very good receiving back. And he's shown he struggles on the ground, right? He has playmaking ability if he can find the space, but he's not the best pure rusher. Now, Etienne's, I'm not, I'm not going to put him in like top five pure rusher in the NFL, but I think he is a much better pure rusher than DeAndre Swift is. And then you put in the same type of receiving uh, skill set in an offense that needs wide receivers. Now you have Swift. They they drafted Jamison Williams. They brought in DJ Chark. They're going to get back Hawkinson. They have a Monroe St. Brown who broke out. It's like, is Swift going to get the same amount of targets? I don't know. But if I'm, I will not take Swift at eight and just wait to take ETN at RB22. They're the same player. This is where like playing the ADP game will really just kind of win you your drafts, like looking at these questions and making those comparisons, because I mean, I, I think just based on the player and the product and especially the workload, I mean, I cannot fathom a universe where James Robinson returns. Like, I feel like people forget it was, all, it was a torn Achilles. Like, 
at the saw, end of the at season. At the end of the season. There's no way in the history of the well, Cam Akers came back in five seconds, but I know he was very, very bad though too. So I think that's a that if he, I think that's a lesson. Yeah, if James Robinson comes out and is averaging two and a half yards per carry, he's not going to last very long getting carries. And we saw the same thing with Marlon Mack last year. The Colts try to make Marlon Mack happen because they really wanted to trade him. They were taking Jonathan Taylor off the field. They even lost a game. I remember watching. It was, I don't remember the exact game, but they just kept trying to feed Marlon Mack. And they were taking out Jonathan Taylor. I was like, they're... I think that was the week before the trade deadline. I was like, they're going it's to lose like this that. game because they want to get a seventh round pick for Marlon Mack. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, and he didn't look so good. So he didn't get traded for. And he ended up getting cut and they lost the game. But, and it actually, they could have made the playoffs if they just had one more win. So don't be stupid, teams. Don't be stupid. That's but, how I play Dynasty. That's that's exactly how I play Dynasty. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my the players that I don't like as much into my starting lineup so it makes them look like I actually value them higher and then people will trade for them. And then I forget to take them out of my lineup on game day and it ends <laughs> up losing me the match. Oh, no. Uh, it's okay. I played James Conner on Thanksgiving and he... Um, he, he did not play. He did not play on Thanksgiving. And yes, I did in that league. Um, I did miss the playoffs because of that loss. And that Woof. killed me. That killed my insides. All right, Kate, who's your second player? All right. Um, this one, I'm I'm just going to keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. That's my motto. The Rams wide receiver, Allen Robinson, who's currently being drafted at wide receiver 30. Despite the fact that we've already seen this man uh, perform as a wide receiver one with much worse at quarterback, real bad quarterbacks. Guys, I was trying to think um, what it like, who is the worst quarterback he's played with? Because we got Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, like bad Justin Fields. Andy Dalton, like Mike Lennon is the worst. I'm going oh, with Mike, Mike Lennon. Lennon. Oh, yes. Mike Lennon. Yeah. Mike Lennon. Because I, Blake Bortles did his thing. He was, you know, he, I love Blake Bortles. He, I think I, I wish we, he was a risky little guy. I liked Blake Bortles. <laughs> it has to be Mike Lennon or, I don't know. It might be Justin Fields. Yeah. It might be Justin Fields. Like 2021 Justin Fields. But I mean, like, again, if, Allen Robinson is another player whose 2021 season I'm not really buying into. He wasn't perfectly healthy, um, just had all of these issues like with the team. Now he goes to the Rams and he's probably the best wide receiver to the Rams have had since God knows when um, bumped to two Atwell right out of that wide receiver two spot, you know, two, two Atwell. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Rams had the second most targets in the NFL to the wide receiver position last year, uh, league high percentage of targets to the wide receiver, Sean McVay. He's a good coach. You know, you're getting a productive offense year in and year out with like Jared Goff, like all of his seasons, uh, as a head coach, never ranked worse than 11th in total yards among NFL teams. Only had one season where he ranked below the top 11 and points scored. Like, just absolutely uh, the perfect situation. And looking at what we saw last year from Robert Woods, from Odell Beckham, who's still not signed. I mean, 
Robert Woods was averaging 7.7 targets per game last year before he tore his ACL. Odell Beckham, new to this, this whole system, uh, came in and averaged six targets a game with literally no experience. Um, there's just so much potential opportunity and the upgrade at quarterback is so huge. So I do think, um, are we going to see 160 targets for Allen Robinson? No, but I do think we could see, I don't know, 130. Like, I think that would be a fairly realistic, maybe optimistic projection for him. But I think he's going to be more efficient with those targets than he has in your past. I'm I'm all in on the upside of Allen Robinson at his current price. I am starting guy. to. What'd you say? It's team old guy. I'm team yeah. old guy over here, man. <laughs> I am starting to get on the Allen Robinson train just because of the situation he's in. And he is a good, well, he was a good wide receiver. It all comes down to if what what the hell happened last year? It can't just be took a mental break. He literally just took a mental break from football and was like, this isn't panning out. This season is not going to go well. Let me preserve myself for next year. That's what I think. I think that's, I think that's honestly kind of what happened. And I mean, not just like I'm preserving myself. This year isn't going to happen. Like it seems like his team, he felt like his team very much gave up on him. So I think he was just like, all right, Got you back. Like I'm, I'm not gonna put myself at risk for this offense. And then he had all those hamstring injuries. Like I don't even know. Was he injured? I probably a little bit because everybody's always a little bit injured at least. But I just don't. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. I do think he'll get life back in him, no matter what. Like OBJ did with the Rams, with a good team, with a good quarterback. It- you're winning you try harder you just well, do a good coach like yeah. there is there is something to be said for not wanting like i mean it, it's kind of like michelle we love going to group workouts like when you have a bad coach you don't want to do anything like it's so hard to motivate yourself for a bad leader yeah. and like sean mcveigh he's a player's coach everybody loves him and he's a good coach and i think that like alan robinson this is the best coach he's ever played for. I think this is the best wide receiver too Sean McVay's ever had. Like, I just think this whole situation is so perfect. There's points to be scored. Give me, give me Allen Robinson. All right. So real question here, Allen Robinson as the wide receiver two for the Rams or Robert Woods wide receiver one for the Titans. Which one you take in and drafts? You can have both is the secret answer. You can have both. But do you want both? I kind of want one. I don't know. I I would take, if you're there, if they're your three and four, your wide receiver three and four, you wouldn't take that? Because I would absolutely take that. I I definitely, they're the best wide receiver threes or fours. They really are. Mm -hmm. Because I have, I have Robert Woods as my four. And I feel like you can get riskier early on with like, because I took in my Scott Fishbowl draft, I took Elijah Moore as my wide receiver three. And Mike Williams is my wide receiver too. Those are, I mean, Mike Williams is boom bust a lot of weeks. And Elijah Moore is a complete wild card right now. Has a ton of potential, but we don't know. So, but with Robert Woods as my wide receiver four, I felt like, oh, I'm safe now. If one of those guys busts, Robert Woods, I can plug in. And he's most likely going to put up wide receiver two numbers. 
maybe we feel that same way about Allen Robinson. Um, so yeah, I'm with you there. If you can get either of these guys as a wide receiver four, I think that really just helps you get a little, you can be a little riskier early on with them. Well, and I do think uh, like the tiebreaker for me, though, these guys are um, like, like Jake said, you can have both of these players on your roster because of the way that their ADP falls. But I do give the edge to Allen Robinson, who is not coming off a torn ACL, at least this season. Um, like that, that feels kind of like my tiebreaker, along with the fact that like, I mean, the Rams offense is just going to pass more. They're going to pass uh, more heavily to the wide receiver position specifically. Um, yeah, that's that's just kind of. And you love Austin Hooper. So you can't love Austin Hooper and love Robert Woods both, right? That would be against something, some rule, yes. probably. I mean, it's going to be hard for, for Robert Woods to catch the ball when they're all the targets are going to Austin Hooper. So burn, burn on you. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> like Alan Robinson isn't playing with a guy who got 190 targets last year. It's not going to happen again, Michelle. There have been 10 instances I know, since 2015 where a wide receiver even had more than 170. It's not going to happen. He's going to go down to 170 ish. He will. And yeah. And I guess Cooper what? Cup will still be wide receiver one. Yeah, I yeah. 100%. He doesn't need uh he, he doesn't need 190 targets. It, like it helps, but he doesn't need it. But I'm just saying like I'm I'm pinning Allen Robinson for 130 targets next year. I like it. I Would not it. be surprised if he eclipses that 1000 receiving yard mark. Let's just give a little bonus question right here cuz I I wanted to ask cuz I just said Cooper Cup wide receiver one why I actually don't have him as my wide receiver one. I have Justin Jefferson. So I just wanted to ask you guys, Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup, who is the first wide receiver being taken off the board in drafts for you, Jake? I will default to Cooper Cup, and it's mostly because of my newfound love for Adam Thielen. So again, I want to balance that out there. So I'll lean with Cooper Cup. All right. Hey, who are you going with? I'm going to skip on both and just draft Mike Evans later, who's going to finish Touché. as the wide receiver one. Yes. No, that's the rule. Yes. Mike Evans does not. You can't have tell me who to... the wide receiver one yes. ability in him. Okay, he does not. Oh my! I'm with you, get... I think it does. I absolutely think. Right. It does. I don't even think. No, no. I have him as my wide receiver ten, and that's because I think Chris Godwin could miss a big part of this this season if it ends up saying that he's going to be back and not being put on the pup list to start the season. Michael Owens will fall outside my top twelve, but yeah. It's Evans and Gage. That's all they got there. So I, I would be Team Evans there too. Yeah, but if Godwin comes back, is what I'm saying. Uh, They've also already lost be... Gronk, and it doesn't sound like he's interested in coming back right now. Well, no, he's he better not come back already. Oh my God, you just retired. At least give it a couple months. Well, oh, if he learns from the best, Tom Brady did the exact same thing earlier in the offseason. That's true. I feel, would you guys put Chase, Jamar Chase, above either Cup or Jefferson? No. no I I, I'm I, I'm of the mind that Jamar Chase is not in my top five, and it's because of my love for T. Higgins. So most of these come down to that. It's just I tend to favor the, the guy on the opposite side, and that's the case there. And one last one. Devontae Adams, is he still a top three wide receiver uh, with the Raiders? Nope. No, I have him as... Nope. 
I have them at uh, three. Mm. I Can't still have them having a fantastic year. If Hunter Renfro can put up nine receiving touchdowns with their car, then anyone can. And expect yeah, but Hunter Renfro wasn't competing with another Hunter Renfro. You know what I mean? Devontae Adams has to compete <laughs> with the man, Hunter Renfro. And Darren Waller, who I do expect to have something of a bounce back. I have Hunter Renfro going back to his old role where he's very irrelevant. How do you put the toothpaste back in the tube? Can't yeah, do you do it. it pretty easily. He's a little white boy that <laughs> didn't, yeah. You know, he didn't win. I don't know. I just feel like you don't win games throwing to Hunter Runfo 10 times a game. You just, you just don't. All right. That's He's going to, he gets you like nine yards for reception. It's like you need too many of those to get down the field. And then Derek Carr makes too many mistakes, mental errors. And when you need all of those catches, then Derek Carr ends up having a turnover, fumbling the ball with his tiny hands, just like Kenny Pickett's going to do. <sighs> But Devontae Adams should be able to spread out the field more, which will be nice. Anyways, I just wanted to throw in those questions, get out my anger. <laughs> you really got some rage venting done there. I, I, I think actually that feel was so good right now. I think I needed it. <laughs> I feel amazing. <laughs> Michelle's like, I'm lightheaded. I feel so airy now. <laughs> I feel just a weight's been lifted off my shoulder. No, I got off that off my chest. Um, all right, well... As always, if you have any questions, you just want to chat, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Ball Blast M, Ball Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.